Welcome to FinTech Corner, another episode. Here we are at AFP, the big annual treasury show here in San Diego. It's been a lot of fun and exciting. And, and uh, Marie Aloisi has been so gracious to spend some time with us to talk about innovation and, and what's uh, a lot of different topics around innovation that uh, MasterCard is doing. So maybe just to start, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, and, yeah. and then we can kind of get into it. Sure. So I head up MasterCard Commercial Solutions in the United States. So it's everything and anything that has to do with commercial, from sales, product development, acceptance of, of commercial products, innovation of commercial products. Um, and I also lead MasterCard Healthcare Solutions, which has a significant B2B flow as well. Well, let's talk about the middle market segment. Yes. And how do you define that? So when we think about middle market, it's businesses that are between 10 million and almost a billion dollars in annual revenue, which is a very, very wide swath. So because you know, a $10 million company has very different needs than one that has 750 million. Absolutely. So we break them up like between in four segments, 10 to 150, 150 to 250, 250 to five, 500, and then 500 up to a billion. And What's very, very interesting, it represents about 300,000 companies, yeah. and they represent only 1% of the locations mm. in, in force, but 33% of the GDP. Wow, yeah. It's significant. So when you think about small businesses, they are serviced out of the, the retail bank. Large enterprises are serviced out of the treasury bank. They have a treasury desk. So it's these middle market companies that are a bit underserved, yet, they are growing and they are, they're very, very resilient. They've been resilient through the pandemic and they've, they've outpaced the S&P by 12%. Mm. So this is a really like strong and mighty segment of yeah. the business that needs some attention. Yeah. There's huge opportunities. Totally underserved, 100% agree. And, and we see that as well. So is it hard though to really understand like the voice of the customer in such a broad segment? I mean, as you mentioned, like splitting it up how, how maybe does those voices vary a little bit? Because there's a, like you said, there's a lot of persona in that, yes. in that broad swath. So what's, what's interesting is we actually did a study, a voice of the study. We interviewed 300, over 300 wow. middle market companies. And the ones that were most receptive were kind of the lower end mm. of the middle market space. Companies between 10 and 150 million. They wanted to be heard. Yeah. You know, from their perspective. I would actually thought it was sort of the upper yeah, end of that. But the upper ones, some of the larger end of middle market look more like large enterprises. They're, they're okay. getting some more attention. Sure. It's these smaller ones that have outgrown. They may be looked at as small businesses by their bank, but they've outgrown the products mm. that they're in. They're, they need access to capital to grow their business. Yeah. When we think about, you know, the card spend, right? I'm MasterCard. Yeah. This segment is spending $420 billion collectively today on card. Yeah. But the potential yeah. is $2 trillion. It's And amazing, what's yeah. holding them back from growth mm. is access to capital, mm. having the right tools to digitize, to automate, to get into uh, a, a place where they have so many more efficiencies because they don't have big staffs. Sure. Right? Yeah. The, the treasurer, if there is yeah. one, is the CFO. He's the accounts yeah. payable manager. He's the accounts right. receivable. Right? right. He yeah. does everything. Yeah. So they need tools. They need capital to grow. And that's that's where we need to focus. Yeah. No, that's, uh, 
And then I, I, you look at a lot of that, that segment, especially on the lower end, and the world is speeding up. Everything is moving digital. They're still dealing with a lot of the, the same things that bigger companies are dealing with. Yes. And in, in some ways, do you feel like, are you hearing a little bit, unless they get help or they feel maybe they're getting left behind a little bit, if they don't get access to capital, they're kind of playing at a bit of a disadvantage. Exactly. And so what's interesting is, so we'll, we'll look at what are, what are the trends with yeah. this group. So there is definitely a generational shift. This segment is predominantly privately owned company. And so millennials are moving into the C-suite. But now you have Gen Z. Believe it or not, they yeah. already represent 38% of the working population today. Yeah. And they're the first digitally native mm, yep, generation. Yep. So when they come in to work, they want a very consumerized experience. Mm, Their yep. expectation is that the way they pay bills at home or the way they interact is the way they want it in the office. So they're, in addition to the pandemic driving digitization, you have a millennial at the, at the, you know, the C-suite. Yeah. This group is really going to accelerate. They demand it. They is there, will. Is there a tolerance level almost? There is like, zero tolerance yeah, level. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they represent 38%, right? If you want to attract and retain the best of, yeah. you have to have the tools that they're going to be comfortable with. Yeah. They want to feel like they're working in yeah. a very digital, cool organization because they're not going to have tolerance for friction. Mm -hmm. They're not going to have tolerance yeah. for paper. I love that you understand. You like you have to understand the persona yes. so well and, and and so key. And I don't think that's done a lot, especially you think of a treasury conference. I know this is a little bit more for sure up market. Yep. But a lot of young people, even entering the workforce, coming into treasury, that next generation. Yeah. If you're looking at a lot of legacy tools, you're at that tolerance level, and it's almost like, from that standpoint, it can kind of veer them or steer them the other way, wanting to stay away from that. Looking at it, it's like, well, that's no fun. Exactly. Or, I don't want to be doing reconciliation for five years. Exactly. Right? And and now you know they're all playing with Chat GPT. Yeah. So there are assumptions. I'm going to go into the office. What's my cash flow? I'm just yeah. I'm going right. to type it in right. somewhere. Right. Right. <laughs> no, no. Here's yeah. your calculator. Go, you know, go do some forecast. So, like, when you look at uh, um, APIs coming on the scene, now everything is kind of speeding up. Everything is driving toward automation. Yeah. You see how the generations are kind yeah. of seeing that, and maybe some will see it as more opportunity. Some maybe the the fear right. factor creeps in a little bit. But so, how how do you are looking at now driving into that? Not. Uh, you know how to take advantage of that. APIs is a big way to do that, right? Yes. So MasterCard is an API-first driven company. We have been because we build a lot of products, right? And we want easy integration. We want companies to be able to integrate to us. We want to be able to easily integrate to them. We're also a data company. Mm -hmm. And APIs, you know, we take in a lot of data, right? In addition to the data that we see, um, you know, in our data and services organization, um, we, we overlay a lot of data insights on top of the data that we see. So it's all API driven. Yeah. Um, you think about Finicity, yeah. right? Finicity is, a, is an org, a company that MasterCard bought open banking. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's all API based. Yep. And it's about getting easy at permission based, right? right. So yep. permission based to banking, but it's all through APIs. Right. Right. And so. We are starting to see yeah. um, banks adopt APIs. Some are more advanced than others. But right. when we talk about to them about, you know, what are their priorities, we very often hear, 
we want to be API first. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it is the wave of the future. I mean, it really is, and it's and, happening now. And you look at the advantages now of having Finicity in the, the toolkit, yes. so to speak. And then you talk about that, you know, mid-market, yep. lower mid-market, yep. that 10 million. Yes. Uh, that's, I, I call that the QuickBooks DMARC. Yes. You know, whatever, yes. it's probably lack of a better. But so you move past that mark into that, that space, yep. underserved. Is it largely also because another reason is there's, it's in some ways on a different core of the bank, APIs and where you can't reach, you know, from a consumer banking perspective versus corporate, you know, how, how will you look at the navigating that and yeah. how to tap into that? Because it's if it's got to be data driven, yes, you've got to be able to get that data. So I believe the next frontier of open banking is wholesale open banking. I mean, clearly you have you know, these smaller middle market companies, which I was surprised to learn, they have multiple banking relationships. Yeah. Some of three or three to four of these small companies, they spread it out, they spread out their yeah. deposit. And so whenever, so whenever they're applying for credit lines, mm. it's a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, they have to, you know, they're creating PDFs, they're pulling down Excel spreadsheets, they're going into all different banking places, they have to do personal guarantees. Right. I mean, to get access to have a view of what their cash position is right. a very manual, tedious process. They need access through APIs, real-time access to their banking relationships, not only yeah. to share with an underwriter, right? right? But also, how do they manage their day-to-day -day cash flow? You can't do this on an Excel spreadsheet. Mm, yeah. Maybe the old world can. Yeah. But the new generation, the new world, digitization is not about Excel spreadsheets. They you just need won't. to have yeah. things in real time. Yeah. Do you think so? That being a real key to unlock that, because if you can unlock that, then now you can serve them in a way that, yeah, they might just not do that, or they, uh, and so therefore it kind of exacerbates the access challenge, yes. right? I think. At this point in time, we would love to push it, mm -hmm. but in less than a year, maybe yeah. it's going to be. They, there's going to be a demand. It, yeah. They're going to be pulling us yeah. to say, "This is how I want my business to run." Yeah. No, we've been living through that. So I mean, we can completely validate all. It's part of our journey as we, you know, in, in building Travada, it's really focusing on that underserved all the way up, you know, to maybe two billion, a little larger. But and but then, you know, it's yeah, it's it's amazing how. 200 customers through our journey, 99% um, of those, I think we've had maybe four that have come off a legacy TMS. It's all coming off of Excel. And these are good sized companies. You're right. Exactly. It's amazing when you realize these are, some of these are known logos that you think, how would they have some of those challenges, but they do. In their way, you know, it's not broke. Let's, let's not fix it. Yeah. They've become used to it. But that per, you know, th that generation is going to move on. So I think uh, we talked a lot about APIs. What, what do you maybe see uh, kind of moving in with a little bit of the tailwind starting to happen? They're going to start to emerge more. Like, where do you maybe see the next few years to how to really leverage those? I mean, how does that really open the game? And really, are, are you seeing just a number of opportunities how to really drive, you know, into that access layer to solve that, which is you know, the stats are pretty profound. Yes. So in, in terms of APIs. Yeah, and leveraging yeah. APIs or probably other things that you can even rally around, probably what you already have. Yes. Uh, I think what, what is cool, it's also the APIs and access, you know, to get data, but really it's it's about right. the data to kind of drive the, some of those things, right? Yeah. 
So, I mean, what we're doing now, um, you know, we are, again, data, access to data. Um, uh, and it's all about not only access to data, but when you talk about digitization, it's about creating efficiencies, one-stop shopping, one platform, where you, where you don't want to go to 10 different spreadsheets. You yep. want everything digitized. You want everything in one place. Yep. Accounts payable, accounts receivable on one platform. So what we are doing, you know, we build product. Mm -hmm. um, we have a product called In Control. It's our virtual card platform. Okay. Through APIs, we are now integrating into ERP systems directly, like a Coupa, Oracle Cloud, GEP, Talia. So now what will happen, you know, we can talk to the banks that use our products to say, you have a new service for your corporates. Yeah, yeah. They can literally make a payment of a virtual card directly mm. out of their ERP. Mm. We're able to do that. That's nice. Through yeah. API. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. All right, so uh, how is MasterCard partnering across the payments ecosystem uh, to accelerate with you know so many areas of innovation, right? Yes, so this is something, obviously, the payments ecosystem globally is, is, our, is our business. Yeah. Um, so we, there are four global market forces that drive the payments e ecosystem, right? When you think about one is commerce, just what's happening in general, in com, we're seeing, you know, uh, every every device is a commerce device, right? There's digitization happening. There's marketplaces emerging. Mm -hmm. So we look at that. We look at uh, payments mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. New payment modalities are emerging. There's crypto, right? Yep. There's all universal wallets, real time payments. Geopolitical has strong influences yep. around the world. Yep. Sanctions and things like that on, on payments, societal, right? We know people will buy from companies that they align with their values and then technology, generative yep. AI, all of these things. Our, we keep an eye on these things and we wanna understand how do they impact our customers. Our customers are banks, they're merchants, fintechs. And so we look at this, what's happening through all of these forces and we see what's our right to play? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do these forces represent in terms of opportunity for our customers or challenges? Yeah. And then we say, how do we close this gap? Do we buy, do we build, or do we partner? In many cases, yes, we partner. Yeah. And to create innovation, rather than us doing it ourselves. Or in it's a lot other, of problems to solve. A lot of problems to solve. <laughs> we also, you know, will take our own product and align it with a fintech mm. and bring a solution to a bank. For example, um, we made an announcement not too long ago with a fintech called Extend. Okay. They are um, they create virtual cards. They can create create virtual. They democratize virtual cards. They can create virtual okay. cards off of plastic, walking okay. plastic. And so we took our in control platform, partnered with them, and we're now able to bring a service to BMO mm. to offer their their nice. customers right. So that if you have a construction worker who's on the job and his drill breaks, we can just they can just automatically send a virtual card to buy a drill on, yeah. right onto his phone. A yeah. consumerized experience, which again, going back to this is what we need for this next generation yeah. to make things easy. Well, I think you know here we are at AFP, and there's global banks. Yeah. There's regional banks. I mean, different purviews for different yes. banks. I mean. MasterCard is a global company. So you think of all the things even contending, the, the use cases even, and there's 
you got advances in Europe or the way that even behaviors of how people collect or pay yes. is a little different. Like traversing, so even in the context of all the permutations of those kinds of things yeah. on top of everything, right. it just seems like a lot to... And, and we talk a lot about data. Even yeah. the data privacy rules are different around the world. And we have to comply with all of the data privacy rules. So how is MasterCard embracing AI? So we have been um, very engaged with AI for more than a decade. Um, you know, I will say, you know, MasterCard, you know, we're, we're a technology company. There's a lot of data. There's a huge ecosystem. And, I re and, and for us, it's about being safe, being smart, being secure. We're, we're a brand that represents trust. Mm. And so we need to make sure that our ecosystem is safe. And so maybe it was about 10 years ago, our CEO at the time, Ajay Banga, was asked, what keeps you up at night? Mm. And he says, cyber attacks, cybersecurity. And he said, because as things go digital, the more yep. digitized, the more vulnerable you are to cyber attacks. So we made a commitment. It will always be safety and security mm. first. And so in the last 10 years, we've made a ton of acquisitions. Mm. More than 40% of them have been security-related. Mm. Wow, yeah. One of the first was a company called Briterian, which okay. is an AI, an AI company. Yeah, yeah. And we took um, Briterian to be our, what we call, secure net, okay. our safety net. And what it does is it scores billions of transactions on our network a year mm. for fraud, to prevent fraud predict fraud. So we've taken that AI as a continuation to protect data, to protect fraud. Uh, we've also took those fraud scoring models, yep. right, and retrained them. Uh, as I said, I, I work in healthcare. We, yep. I lead our healthcare solutions. We've retrained our fraud scoring models to, to, um, to score claims. Mm. for fraud, waste, and abuse, mm. which is a $170 billion yeah. problem. Yep. So this is how we have been using AI predominantly around our brand commitment and promise to ensure we're, we are safe and smart and simple in the way we do business. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and uh, being on FinTech Corner. Absolutely. Uh, love hearing what MasterCard is doing and, yes. and all the things uh, around all the innovative things that it's doing. So great. Thank you. All right.